Thank you for listening to another episode of Double B. We've got Brad and Kevin here talking to somebody who is very interesting in his own way. We are very excited to talk to you, Mike Young, today. And what he's doing is, well, I'll give you a quick background. He spent over 15 years and over $200,000 honing in his skills and he, I sniffed, now my wife's going to be like, damn it, <laughs> stop doing that every time. He, uh, <laughs> he's a business growth strategist at the Makeover Master, and we're not talking about HGTV home makeover, we're talking about business makeovers. <laughs> so, thank you for hopping on and giving us your time. Yeah, it's my pleasure, you guys. It's uh, good to be here and, and always just fun to try and help your listeners out, for sure. So have you been on HGTV? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know, I love home makeover shows, actually. And so when, when I chose the Makeover Master, I was like, I bet I'm going to get people asking for their hair to be redone or their, you know, something. Yeah. But, uh, but it hasn't happened, so I've been lucky. It's funny. My yeah. wife will be like, you're watching another house show? <laughs> I can't watch Why? it, man. I, I just cry the whole time. Every, t- every time they do the reveal, I start bawling. <laughs> My wife's always like, how come it happened so fast? Because they bring in like 15 different contractors and they all bust it out. Exactly. Well, how much money do they make? Like 30 grand a house. It's funny. You see those memes. They're like, oh, I sharpen pencils for a living and my husband's a dog walker. We have a budget of $2 million. Like, what the? How? (laughs) Yeah, or like a salamander breeder or something. Like, How? Oh, anyway, so uh, tell us uh, more about what you're doing, um, and then we'll start off by that, and then uh, give yourself a big plug on how people can find you um, as far as your website and all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, what what I essentially do primarily, I have a, a real soft spot in my heart for helping people out that they've got a business, they're passionate about something that they have to say or something that they have to sell. Um, they really believe in what they do and, and believe that their products or services can, can impact people in their community or in the world at large or whatever. Um, but they're stuck, you know, they, they can't seem to figure out all the moving pieces. They can't seem to figure out how to get consistent leads and consistent sales. And they're fighting the, the cash flow up and downs that happen in, in newer businesses. Um, and so I, I essentially come in and help people one-on-one with strategy, um, develop a strategy that they can actually implement starting the very next day and then provide some recorded trainings uh, in a condensed format because I got stuck in the training loophole for so long. And then we provide ongoing support. So as they go to execute on the strategy, you're inevitably going to get stuck or, or have questions or obstacles that you come across. And so they just upload a question. We answer them in video. And so it's, it's like the combination of everything that I wish I had in 2008 when I was, I was sitting in my office alone, like, what the hell am I going to start? What am I going to do? Where do I begin? Um, I took my journey and just said, how, how would I help that guy? You know, how did it, 12 years ago, how would I help him? And, and my problem was I never got direct help. It was always a course or a book or a piece of software. And I was always trying to figure things out on my own when if somebody could have come in in the beginning and kind of held my hand, um, it would have dramatically sped up my learning curve. And so 
I love what I do. I, I typically lose my voice at the end of every day uh, just because I talk to a lot of people and, and um, that's what I do as far as where people can find me. It's the makeovermaster.com. Uh, that's, we basically help get businesses going and working. And then after that, we have a branding component and we make them pretty after that. I like it. I, I like that. Cause as you said, you know, you, you get stuck in the training loophole mm. and you don't get any further than that. And a lot of people nowadays, it's almost like, yeah, we'll get you started, but it's not going to be, you know, as easy as people point out. Yeah. You know, and, I, and everybody makes it like, you know, the Russell Brunson's of the world, they make it seem so easy. Like, Oh, our funnels, just these five steps. And if you do these five steps, your business will work. You're only one funnel away type of thing. And, and it was almost even more frustrating because I, I consumed a lot of books and a lot of courses. I took everybody from Marie Forleo and Amy Porterfield and Donald Miller and, and all Russell Brunson stuff and Mike Dillard and, and, yet found myself eight and a half years in and my stuff wasn't working. Um, I'd almost over accumulated knowledge because I learned every way a business could work. And so I was trying to implement every way at once. And, and that's another strategy. <laughs> another way to fail is to try and implement everything. And they ended up competing against each other. So it's like, it's almost like the more knowledge I consumed, I had to ground myself. I had to kind of put myself in a timeout for accumulating knowledge for a while and really put to practice some very simple blocking and tackling basics that finally made it all work. Um, and then for me, it was, it was like, I don't think it was ego, but it was almost like pride maybe. I was the guy that didn't want to stop at the gas station and ask for directions. And, and I went way too long. And once I kind of raised my hand and said, I could use help in a couple of areas, all these people began to emerge into my life and say, Hey, I've been where you're at. Let me help you. Um, and I, I hired two people, um, one in my mindset, one in, on the copywriting, marketing, advertising side of things. Um, and I unwound that eight and a half years, uh, in about 18 months. I accomplished more in 18 months than in the previous almost decade. Eight and a half years is a long time. It's almost public hazing at that point. Yeah, I think that's what it was, man. It was like, uh, it, w it wasn't even public hazing. It was like, I mean, the, the reality was I had a, a major loss in 2008. I had a, a business that I'd built to 10 offices, 250 employees, went from liquid millionaire to $200,000 in debt in six months. Um, and so my story that was repeating in my head was, you're stupid, you're an idiot, uh, you know, I was very shameful of that experience. And so that mindset block held me back for a long time. And it's, it's like, it is a little bit like hazing. You, I was literally robbing myself from having good experiences because deep down, I didn't think I was worth it. And, uh, and once I cracked the code on that, things be began to shift pretty quickly. I think that, uh, Self-doubt, honestly, is betting against yourself. But um, what was the, the thing that really helped you push through that, uh, that negative mindset that you had at that point? Mm. Uh, There's two things, two things, kind of combination. One is I, 
You know, some I get questioned a lot of times. How did you spend two hundred grand in knowledge products? You know, if if things weren't working, how did you spend two hundred thousand bucks? I started uh, with a business partner. I was behind the scenes on support and websites and and branding and some other things. He was the sales guy, and so we had three businesses out of fifty that we tried. We tried fifty different business ideas. Uh, three of them actually did pretty well. So there was a, a period between 2010 and 14 that, that actually things were pretty good. Um, I wasn't the face of the company. I wasn't doing my own thing, but I was taking all that revenue and profit that I was paying myself and just kind of dumping it back into my own knowledge. Um, so I was going to seminars and events and courses and all that stuff. But in 2015, my, my brother-in-law took his own life. Um, and that was a wake up call in some ways. I kind of just realized like how, how quickly things can change and how short life is. And I was also, I had put myself back out into the marketplace with my own business that by that time in 2015 and it wasn't working and I was just in enough pain that I decided like, I need some help here, you know? And so I think it was the combination of, of me in enough pain and then seeing the devastation that happens when when a family member takes their own life. And it was just a wake up call for me that said, it's, it's time to start living my best life instead of beating myself up for something that happened seven, eight years ago. Well, first off, I'm sorry to hear about your brother-in-law. Thank you. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's something that I honestly feel like affects everybody in the world. Mm. Um, I personally have lost, I can't even count six, between six and ten already. I think we're at, I think honestly, because most, most of our friends were aligned with the cell, each other, and I think we're at like 11. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it really is devastating, the ripple effect that happens. And, and you know, it's, he was one of those guys, too, that you don't we, – we never really – he was the guy that you think, okay, if that happened, his funeral is going to be a pretty quiet funeral. And then next thing you know, there's 500 people there that, that are crying, that care about him, sharing stories about him. And so you, you see like even the people that you don't think maybe are going to have a big impact in the world, they have a plenty big impact. And we all, we all have our own little part or our thing, you know? And so I think, I think it's too bad when people do that because really I think, I think when you get to that place, you, you see all the obstacles, but you lose hope that the obstacles can be fixed. Um, and I didn't want to get there. I was, I was very frustrated at the business. I didn't want to get to that place. And, and I definitely, I was never suicidal or anything like that, but I was, I was drinking too much. I was uh, trying to escape. I didn't like the environment I was in because I was trying so damn hard to get the business to work. And it, and at the end of the day, it was, we we're still barely scraping by and I was struggling and cash flow up and downs and all that stuff. So I, I just relate to people that are going through that, that stage very well because I was stuck there for a long time and I, and I care, you know. I almost feel like that's kind of not necessarily where we're at because we're, we're pretty new, but like mm. we're not monetizing this or anything yet. So it's like we want to, but we don't know it'll, how it'll, to. It'll come in the future when we get it figured out. <laughs> It's a, it's a process, but it definitely, it does. There's a couple things I tell people. It doesn't have to take eight and a half years. It doesn't have to cost 200 grand. Um, there are, it, it seems so simple now that I say it, but 
there's somebody that's already done what you're trying to do. And it's as simple as finding those people and asking for help. And you can do it in, in so many different ways. It's part of what happens is when you, when you cross over that threshold, your brain begins to hyper-focus on solutions instead of obstacles. And so I, I can instantly look at a business now and just see 25 solutions. It's about finding the solution that's in alignment with that person and where they're at today. Um, and it's, it's, it is as simple as that. It's like you, can, you could work for them for free. You could ask them to coach or mentor you. You could pay them directly. You could, you could hang out in their high-end masterminds. It's, there's so many different ways to hang out with people that have already done what you're trying to do. Funny enough, um, we're, we just <laughs> can't fucking talk did, today. Did you fall um, asleep? <laughs> geez. We, uh, we just got a uh, paid training on basically like the one-on-one how-to from uh, Zach Babcock, the underdog. Mm, Zach's a good friend. So we're in his program. We got in super early, so we got a good price. And um, we're kind of going through his stuff now. And then it, it gets up to scaling the podcast and then monetizing it and stuff like that uh, later on, which I'm not to that point through his training yet. But mm. um, it, it's really cool because just like you said, um, find somebody that's been there done that knows their shit and then do what you can to learn from them. Yeah. Because and Zach and Zach's Zach's super cool guy is very, I mean, he's got neck tattoos and, and tattoos on his knuckle cause he went to prison and he's got a cool backstory. You know, he was addicted to drugs for a while. Um, but I watched his journey through this process to get to where he's at today. And, and we were lucky enough. We, we hung out in um, a couple of very high end masterminds together and, and so I got to watch his growth of, I got to see where he got stuck and where he had to overcome his own. You know, we all have to overcome those mental obstacles that we create for ourselves. We have to figure out, we have to learn some stuff and actually at the end of the day, you have to do something. And, and Zach's a, a wildly great implementer. You know, he, he's very sharp. And so he'll, he'll take a concept and the next thing you know, the next day he's running with it. Um, and, and he's, he's also got a place in his heart, which is why he's doing what he's doing. It's, it took him a while. It took him four and a half for five years to kind of figure out the podcasting game. And so, uh, it only makes sense to start helping other people once you kind of figured it out. I was, but then you were going to say something. I'll say, I'll say one thing right there, you guys. I'll say, I'll say most people, they get it backwards. They try and help and they try and coach way too early. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they try and say, Hey, I haven't, I haven't even gotten off the couch. I'm, I'm fat. I'm lazy. I'm eating ice cream, whatever. I've never gotten uh, off the couch yet, but let me train you on how to run a marathon. And so I would just say one of the, the faster ways to have success is to, is to almost become extremely selfish in the beginning and fill your own cup first. Because if you can get to this place where your business is working and, and you, you don't have those massive ups and downs and cash flows, you, you, can, you can really help people in a much better way. You can show up properly. You're more balanced. Your mindset's right. And so I would just say take care of yourself first and then, then begin helping other people. Even if, if you're not looking to help other people, you just want to, like, for example, we'll just say start a podcast. 
Mm. Um, and then figure out how to market it and make it big. Uh, I've been told multiple times by many people that once you find something that you're passionate about, which takes some people a lot longer than others, mm. uh, that you need to more or less just become obsessed with making that specific topic uh, successful. Mm. I, w I would say what I've seen, uh, I kind of see the patterns in clients now and stuff as far as it, there are specific stages that people go through. Uh, one of those is, is tapping into what they're already in alignment with and what gives them energy because then you, it, it's like hopping on this podcast. This does not feel like work to me. I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to you. I enjoy sharing my story. Um, it's part of my business model. But when you can tap into something that's already aligned with who you are, um, there's like nine success factors that I kind of see in people. And, and you have to tap into each one on where you're at today. And once you do that, the business takes, it, it tends to take off fairly quickly and take care of itself. Um, but it's like, your, where's your cash flow at? Um, where are your reserves at? Where, where are your relationships at? Your knowledge, your skill set? Uh, where's your team at? And if you can organize the business around something that just gives you energy and is also in alignment with where you're actually at in your own knowledge and skill set and relationships, uh, things can turn around very, very quickly. I've seen uh, in my own clients, I've seen clients that were struggling for one and two years turn things around in less than a month. And it doesn't always happen that way because a lot of times it is about that five and a half inches between your ears, you know? Um, so you got to, you got to figure out and crack that code first before you, you the other stuff's going to work. Well, I think the other thing is um, something that me and Kevin have learned especially is um, uh, when, when we first sat down and talked about doing this, um, we were always told that, you know, that's a stupid idea, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then we're like, well, if you listen to podcasts and all the information, they're just trying to hammer home on a certain specific subject. Mm. And we went, well, we could talk to people. I mean, we don't know what we're doing, but we could talk to people. And then we just kind of, as we started talking to more and more people, we're like, well, we could just keep pushing their brand to help them with their stuff too. Because, I mean, we have circles that maybe you don't. And yeah. I think that's something that people also don't understand is we've we've asked some massive people if they'd be on here and they've said yes hmm. and people are like well i don't i couldn't even talk to that person that person scares me well why not i mean they're just a normal human being 100 percent. yeah people underestimate themselves like i remember uh i think when i like i don't particularly enjoy um speaking in public too much as far as like being in an event with a hundred people and, and speaking or a couple hundred people. And however, I always think about, I think about two things. I think about there's somebody in the audience that needs to, they need a little bit of hope and encouragement. Um, they're maybe on the verge of quitting on their business. And then I also think just statistically that there's somebody in the audience that's, that is having kind of suicidal thoughts or they're about ready to quit on life. So what I, when I first started putting myself out there in 2015, again, I 
you know, I kind of was saying that same thing. Well, I don't really know what I'm doing or I don't really like I had knowledge and skills and all that stuff, but I didn't know how to promote myself as like a personal brand and, and put it all together. Um, and so what I decided to do was share my story. And, and so I wrote a five part, uh, basically Facebook post and just said, look, I, it was kind of like, um, you guys seen Eminem, Eight Mile, mm-hmm. like uh, that movie. So at the end when he's in the rap battle and he's just like, I am white, I am a bum. I did, you know, I do live in a trailer with my mom. That's kind of what I felt like. I felt like maybe if I just throw it out there, nobody could use this against me. I was, I was fearful of what other people would think. So I just wrote a long story and said, look, I had a mortgage company. I built it this big. I lost it. I, I tried a first entrepreneurial experience and borrowed some investor money, lost that. Um, and this was my story. I just put it out there. And I got like, I would say, I didn't even have an audience at this point. I probably got no less than 20 messages behind the scenes of, hey, thank you. It's been a really tough year for me. I just lost my house. I got divorced, you know, whatever it was from people that just needed somebody to be real. And they needed a little bit of inspiration that not only could you go through those experiences, but there was hope to actually make it through to the other side. And so that, that kept me going for a long time when people would just, just these little notes occasionally of like, Hey, I'm struggling too right now. And then I, you know, I'd say, well, let's just have on a 15 minute chat. And people are like, really? You know, cause they don't believe that they're worth it or they believe they've somehow elevated my brand or Grant Cardone or Gary Vee. They, they somehow put people on a pedestal and at the end of the day, it's like you said, we're, we're just all human. You know, it's like, I'll gladly carve out five or 10 minutes for somebody that, that reaches out and says I could use some help. It's, it's not that big a deal. It's like, it's much better than the alternative, which is to watch them do something silly. It's, it's funny that you had mentioned that uh, you don't realize who you're going to influence by saying certain things. Uh, perfect example was what, two weeks ago ish. Yeah. No, last week. I just, I took a screenshot of this little uh, app that I have that's days that I've been sober Mm. I put it up and I was like, I went through this, I went through this, I went through this, I felt this in the last week. And uh, you know, this is, this is the new me. I'm going to be sober. And now I apparently lost my ability to talk. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, that's from your concussion. (laughs) No, that was before. Um, So, but it was, it was funny because I didn't post it for attention recognition or anything like that. I just posted it just to say, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think it's got like four to 500 engagements on it already mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And I, I had so many people like actually reach out personally and they're like, Hey, I know what you're going through. It sucks. Like I'm three years or I'm three weeks or I want to start, but I just can't bring myself to do it. It's, it's just funny that you know the, the engagement really? the engagement is is partly because you took a moment to be authentic and i think the world's filled with bullshit these days like so many people are trying to take the perfect selfie on instagram or the perfect post or whatever it is and so somebody shows up and they're authentic and they're real and they're vulnerable and that is an, an anomaly in the marketplace people are like hey that's that's different somebody's being real 
And, and that's one thing I respect about Zach as well. It's like, he's just real, you know, he, he doesn't try and change his personality behind the scenes is the same as his personality when he does a Facebook live. It's, you know, I, I crave that with my network and my friendships is I crave authentic people. And, uh, and I think if more people just showed up and were real, I, I think today's environment, this coronavirus thing and everything else, it's, it's exposing and quickly highlighting um, a world that most people are wildly unprepared for. And, and so I want real friendships and real relationships and, and good for you, you know, put yourself out there and just say, hey, I'm sober and this is what I'm doing. And it's kind of the same thing when I wrote, wrote my book. The book was never about me putting a book out there. I was like literally just journaling my thoughts going through this process, trying to get the crap out of my head. And then I kind of looked down one day and I was like, ah, shit, this is a book that could help somebody. Um, because, because I was, I was stuck for, for almost nine years, you know? Oddly enough, it's usually the person that we are interviewing that says, I've never shared this with anyone before on our show. <laughs> now it's my turn. I'm going to say it. Um, I'm actually doing the same thing. I'm journaling day by day, what I'm going through and what I'm doing to cope with any, uh, any um, urges that I have. Mm. And then uh, I'm going to take that journal with an intro and an outro and then have a page of um, links and phone numbers and stuff that's going to help people out. And it's uh, probably just going to be a free ebook or something. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm not a doctor or an expert or anything like that, but I think if I just put it out there, it's going to help somebody and that's the goal. So, you know, I think that's the same thing if you're talking about like new business owners and they're struggling. It's like sometimes people feel like I'm not, not I'm not an expert or, or anything, but you're an expert to somebody. You know, if you're on if you're on day 30, you're an expert compared to somebody that's on day one. Right. And you don't. One of the things marketing and business wise that mistakes people make is they think that they have to be 30 steps ahead. Well, if, if I were, I wouldn't reach out to Gary Vaynerchuk today and ask him for direct one-on-one -on -one business mentorship because either one, it's going to cost me a boatload of money or he, he's too far ahead in the journey. I, I can't, I can't relate to him because he's, he's 700 levels above me or beyond me. And so it actually is much more valuable to be three steps ahead in the journey from somebody and, and help guide them through the process. And people screw that up in their marketing message. They say things like, if you buy my thing, my widget, um, I'm going to promise you unlimited money in your bank account and total freedom and happiness and abundance and alignment with your truest self. Well, most people deep down, number one, we don't believe that's possible. Um, if we do believe it's possible, we actually don't believe it's possible for ourselves. We don't believe we're talented or smart enough to do it. And so you'd be much better off with a marketing message that says, Hey, I'll help you generate an extra thousand bucks a month and put some cash in the bank. And so that don't make your gap so big that you can't actually help somebody. So I, you know, I'm, I'm maybe 20, 30 stages ahead of the people I really help. And I, I kind of, at times I'll, I'll blow people's minds or whatever. And it seem a little bit like Nostradamus to them, but but I don't think it would work as well if, if five or 10 years from now, I think I'll be at a different stage. I think I'll have to kind of level up who I help.
because if that gap gets too wide, you can't connect, you can't relate. I think a perfect uh, analogy for that is hopping across stones to get across the river. And if they're too far, you can't make that jump. You're going to fall on your face. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, Tim Ferriss calls it the hug of death. Uh, he comes into a business. He helps them set up something that drives unlimited leads to them. Russell Brunson said the same thing. Uh, I'm going to come up and help you with your marketing and your funnel. Well, they haven't built any of these foundational basics, these learning lessons you have to learn in business. So if you just drive unlimited leads to a business that's not prepared for that, uh, it's going to crash and burn pretty fast. And so that's what happens is Tim comes in and he says, hey, let me give you a, a sponsorship on my podcast and drive some leads. Well, if you don't have the foundational basics set up, you can't handle those leads and you end up looking like an asshole. Yeah, you don't want to set yourself up for failure. You can't, uh, you can't come out with a company that's going to b promise to build 10,000 a days or whatever and not have a single product in hand to, to start selling. Uh, but, yeah, that would be, that'd be like a good business right now though. <laughs> I know. I was like, I wonder if there's stocks in the bidet companies. <laughs> there's people out there that are Googling bidet for the first time. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> My wife the other day and I, I love her to death and she kills me sometimes. The other day she goes, Hey, uh, what's a bit it? Like, <laughs> you mean a bidet? And she's like, yeah. I'm like it sprays water up your butthole so you don't have to use TP. And she's like, Okay, I learned something. <laughs> yeah, go to go to uh, most countries in Asia, or go to Colombia or whatever, and and find out that most people don't use toilet paper. You know, their their plumbing system can't handle it. So, I remember the first time. This is off topic, but uh, when Kim Jong Un uh, called Trump a dotard, and uh, and so I I just imagine I had to look up. I'd never heard the word dotard before. You know, I was just like, did he make that word up? You know. But I, I just envision a whole bunch of people Googling what dotard means. <laughs> well, you know, the funny part um, is I, I work for a sewer plant and we have nine entities that, that'll flow to us. And every single one of them, <laughs> they've just posted on Facebook to not use paper towels as toilet paper <laughs> because it'll hurt the sewer system. And people are like, no, it won't. And we're like, yeah, it will. And we're going to find the shit out of you if you do that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like there's two main lines that are plugged right now because of it. And it's like, wow, why are you stupid? Worse. Can't get worse when people start flushing rags down the toilet. <laughs> oh, oh, you, oh my gosh. Let's not, well, I won't even go down that rabbit hole. Cause there, there are some things that we see and we're like, how'd that get through your toilet? How did that make it to the street? <laughs> it's awesome well and so i guess back from the rabbit hole um <laughs> so let's say a, a business comes to you what are, what are your first steps on trying to kind of see where they're at and try to evaluate how to help them yeah first step is i ask a lot of questions i find out uh what have, what have you tried before um how long have you been in business uh what's your offer um I, there, there's a science to a lot of this stuff and, and really the science is not necessarily like this documented science or whatever. I have my own kind of methodologies and stuff that I've just seen the patterns, you know. Um, the, the three issues are people either are not attracting enough leads into the business, 
they are attracting the wrong leads. So they're spending a whole lot of time in conversations with people that are never going to buy from them. Um, or they're not able to close the leads that they're getting. And there's, there's literally hundreds of reasons that those three issues get created. But the primary four are credibility issues. They, they don't have enough proof that they do what they say they do and they do it well. Um, so people don't. And this kind of goes back to the conversation that we we're talking about of, of wanting to put yourself out there. Um, but, but credibility, they have, uh, they have copy and offer issues. So they don't understand how to structure the words or structure an offer properly. And so it doesn't connect with people and people don't want to buy it. Um, they have process or flow issues, meaning uh, there's kind of a natural progression of hi, nice to meet you to let's get married. And they're either skipping steps. And so they're going way too quickly after the sale or they're adding 112 steps when there only needs to be nine. And, and then the fourth issue, the fourth problem that creates that is, is they don't know how to close on a phone call. And so they're, they're talking way too much about products and features and benefits, but that's not where your buying center is in your brain. And so they don't know how to run a sales call. And and when it comes down to the, the number one thing I see is usually credibility. Um, you have to get to this place where you believe in what you do and you believe in yourself to be able to just show proof. Kind of like, hey, I helped this client. Here's their testimonial. I'm putting it on my website. And I see a lot of times uh, newer businesses that are like, well, I don't want to be bragging. You know, I, don't, I feel like it's bragging. I don't want to show off or whatever. And that's okay, but you just need to realize if you're running a real business, the only way um, people are going to buy from you is if they see proof and social proof, and this is hardwired into us at this point, if they see proof and social proof that people have bought from you before and they're happy that they bought from you. And that's what you think about Google and Amazon, these five-star reviews and stuff. We're just conditioned nowadays to say, I think I want to buy this thing. Let me immediately see what proof I can find that this thing might be worth it. And then I'm going to contact the company. So, so many people are dropping leads before they ever even become leads. People see their website or, or they see their stuff. They don't see any proof or social proof. Their message is wildly confusing. It's, it's different on Facebook and Instagram and their website. There's three different messages going on. And so people just check out and they, they're, we're all way too busy and way too overwhelmed with information to try and figure out a business these days. And so what we want is like, I have something in my eye. I'm looking for something that'll get it out of my eye. That's inside my budget range that works that people have bought before that they enjoy that they bought it. And when I find that I'm willing to either purchase it or contact the company and ask more questions about it. And, and so you've got to, you kind of have to create this first impression um, to use a terrible analogy, if you, if you walk into a bar and you just see somebody that's, you know, they, they're homeless and we got the kids in the background, coronavirus. I got that too. I got uh, two kids that are home now. But, um, but if you walk into a bar and you see somebody that's completely disheveled or they're, let's just say that they're not wearing clothes and they look dirty and they got no teeth, you, you're never going to get that first chance. You got to pass the first impression test. And a lot of times it comes with credibility. You have to be able to show proof that people are buying your stuff and they, they like the fact that they bought it and they're getting results, you know? 
Well, I think the one thing, um, I mean, in my case, if I'm looking to buy something, I'll spend like a day or two looking at all the reviews and going, okay, you know, they don't like it because of this. They don't like it because of this. Then they came out and they changed it. And now they like it. And um, I think that's a, a really big thing with some people is, you know, what does the crowd say about this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're uh, human beings are, are patterned and conditioned and our brains are hardwired. And so when you can understand how human beings work, the, the business game gets a lot easier. Uh, writing copy becomes a lot easier. And so in the beginning, one of the challenges is people don't know what they want. You know, like if I, if I start with a business, I say, what do you want? And some of them don't know the answer to that. And that's a real problem. You know, how are you going to get what you want if you don't know what that is? And so in the beginning, it's kind of like an ice cream shop, you know, with 31 flavors. You got to kind of try all the ice creams and just say, like, I really don't like this, this kind or this tastes yucky to me. Um, and then once you get a little bit more narrow focus, you say, I really like this. And this is how I think I want to run the business. And this is the result I'm actually going for with the business. Then, then I can help. You know, but if you got to be able to answer that first question, which is what the heck do you want? What problem do you solve in the marketplace and how do you solve it? And what do you charge for it? And how does it work? But I, th I think to your point, sorry to interrupt it. No, go ahead. To your point about reviews and you spending one to two day reviews. If somebody shows up on a sales call with me, typically they've already bought the product because they've gone through, they've seen social proof, they've seen posting, they've seen my work, they've seen these other things. Our sales page is structured in a way that fil further filters out the wrong people. Our hopping on a phone call page is worded in a way that basically when they show up on a sales call, I already know that they've essentially said yes. They just want to make sure they like, know, and trust me in a conversation. And, uh, and it was super weird when I kind of cracked that code for the business was I kept hearing things like, well, I'd already made up my mind. I just want to see if I liked it. You know, like I kept hearing stuff like that in the sales call. And then I realized I'd finally built a business that if they get, you know, it's kind of like they had 10 steps in the ladder they had to get to, but if they got to step 10, they were already sold. Well, that's, that's kind of nice too. Cause then you don't have to spend extra time spending with someone who wants to do it, but doesn't want to put the work in. I, I, I got stuck there for probably two years, to be honest, where I'd have these sales calls and wasn't closing. I couldn't figure out why, you know, but I was spending time with people I just hadn't further filtered out. Um, and you can do copywriting. I think if you could go back, if I could go back and start over, I would learn a lot about biology and psychology and human beings. I would like, how do human beings work? And then I would invest the majority of my time in copywriting, like learning copywriting, because you can do some amazing things if you get the words right on paper. Talking about psychology, you got a boy here that's got a psychology degree. <laughs> me, me and Kevin will sit and we'll talk about random things. And he's like, I got a degree in this and I don't use it. But that was a cool conversation. Well, you should, I mean, you could use it in, uh, definitely in marketing and copywriting. You, I mean, it really is as simple as that. It's, it's, it's speaking directly to a person that you're trying to help and understanding how to structure the order of words 
so that they're like, I think, I mean, I think we've all read that, right? Like we've read something and you're like, I think this motherfucker is talking to me, you know? And so, sorry if I swear, I, I swear all the time. Um, but, totally, don't worry. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, we've all read that piece of copy where they're like, this thing, this product, this service is talking directly to me because it says things like, well, you know how it feels when you're sitting on the couch and you, you, you got a little, um, muffin top or you got a gut and you you're embarrassed to go uh spend time with your wife because you're embarrassed to go to parties talk about your business because you know your business isn't working all of a sudden you're like this copy is speaking directly to me and and all it does at the end of the copy is it says so if that's you like we help people just like you and if you want to if you want a little bit of help just hop on this little call you know and that's all it is it's just connecting the dots but if you're still trying the 31 flavors at the same time, you can't get your coffee copy specific enough. And so people, people are wildly confused because in your effort to help many, many people, you're actually helping no one because you're trying to help too many at the same time. And so that's, that's another hack to, to help people in the early stages, go down to one, one person, one problem, one solution, one offer. And if you can start there and get something working that's putting cash in your bank, you can always open up to other offers and other types of clients. But, but in the beginning, get very, very narrow and, uh, and help one person with one problem with one offer. Keeping it simple. Yeah. And that was my, I mean, I was, shit, I was, I don't even know, nine, nine years in and I thought I was super clear. And I was getting outside perspective from other people that I'd hired. And I said, I'm super clear on what I want. And they were like, who are you speaking to? And I, and I told them, well, and we reverse engineered it. I was still speaking to three different avatars, three different people. And so I couldn't figure out why my offer wasn't connecting. It was because I actually had three offers. Um, and I was just trying to sell something, you know, I was just trying to get it to work at that stage. Well, I guess this is a good turning point. Um, we we don't really pick out any questions to really ask because, I mean, nobody really does in a regular conversation. Yeah. Um, so this one question uh, we we ask everybody because we think it's a, a good all around question. Um, but in your personal definition, um, what is success to you? Being happy. <laughs> uh, I think it's as simple as that, like waking up and enjoying, enjoying what you do every day in a way that you enjoy doing it and spending your time how you want. So like my, my definition of success is like freedom, you know, freedom of choice. Um, I can, I can choose to stop the podcast right now and go spend time with my kids. I can choose to work if I want to. Um, so for me, it was always about that freedom, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. This life's too, life's too short to do shit. You don't like. Amen to that. Yeah. Who was it? Was it Sean Whalen? Had this big video about, uh, he said, basically he said it like 50 times and he was like, stop doing shit. You don't like to do. Mm. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's, it's interesting too. Like, um, it is, it is as simple as that. And our bodies tell us all the time, like you, you ever, you ever had somebody just be like, um, 
let, let's say you broke up with a girlfriend back in the day and the girl wants to get back together and, and she's like, I really want to get back together with you. And, and you just do something right off the bat, like, and you take a deep breath, you know, your body's literally telling you in that instant, you don't want to do this, but we don't listen to ourselves. And so you, you have to, if you can learn to connect with your own energy and listen to yourself, like the game becomes easier, but I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, we all get busy, we get families, we get, we get money, we want to, you know, we've got a business, we want to help people. So we stop listening to what our gut tells us, but it, it is as simple as that is do things that make you feel good and stop doing things that don't make you feel good. And, and I have a, a friend that lives in uh, Medellin, Medellin, Colombia, and he, they say Medellin there, but uh, he, he has broken it down to like, if I'm hanging out with you and you give me energy, then you can remain in my circle. If you tend to drag my energy, then I'm just going to like stop hanging out with you. And it's a, it is literally as simple as that is, you know, I think, I think if you're doing stuff at your desk and you just feel exhausted at the end of the day, then stop doing that stuff. Find somebody else to do it for you. You know, funny enough, me and my wife were just talking about that coming home from the store because we're getting ready to move to Kansas my wife's like, oh, why don't you just get another sewer job? I'm like, no. <laughs> right, right there, right off the bat. No. And she goes, well, why not? I go, because I'd have to go right back into a DRC position and be a shift lead. I don't want to. Yeah. She, well, what do you want to do? Anything else but that. I would go to Walmart before I went and did that. She goes, really? And I'm like, I mean, I enjoy the job, but I don't enjoy the politics that are in the sewer job. I think that was my, my hang up for a long time is I, I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy creating ideas. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy um, creating the idea and then having to do a week's worth of work to kind of put it all together. Um, and so I, I, have, I have a massive knowledge set, but I had to kind of learn like, okay, it's okay to let a graphic designer do her thing. It's okay to let somebody else do their thing. It's, it's actually, I was a lot of times robbing my clients of the experience because I was stepping in trying to do everything for them and they wouldn't learn what they needed to learn. So I've, I've learned over time and this was a really hard lesson for me to learn. I've learned how to allow people to struggle and have to figure some things out on their own because otherwise if I come in and just solve it for them, they don't kind of build that muscle, you know, that, that muscle memory. Yeah. Um, if you, if you give somebody the answer, they never learn, but if you show them where to find the answer, yeah, it's going to click and stay in their long-term memory. Yeah. That's yeah. I had a, I had a client this morning he reached out and, and so like when we do a strategy, usually in the first couple months, people have more questions than they do three, four months down the road. But he was asking a couple questions. I was just voice recording him with him on uh, messenger and then his question flipped to, hey, I'm stuck here. And it was literally a question that any one of us could Google real quick or whatever. And so I just sent him a link to Google. And I just, I said, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like you, you crossed over from, I need strategic advice to, I can figure out how to turn on my own damn computer, you know? <laughs> and so, so I had to kind of just poke fun at him a little bit and say, hey, hey man, you know, like, any one of us could solve this question. I'm, I'm here to solve the things that, you know, the majority of people can't seem to figure out, you know? 
So. I do that all the time. I'll hop on, let me Google that for you. Yeah, yeah. Put that's, in a search and then click that link and send it. And they're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I, I, did that with, I did that with my parents. You know, my parents are in their 70s now. And uh, and we, we actually moved. This is uh, maybe almost a decade ago now. We moved to the same town as my folks. We wanted the kids to grow up near their grandparents and stuff. Um, but they kept calling me over to the house for like, tech support basically computer tech support and finally i just stopped i just kept sending them google uh because they they had gotten into this habit and this routine of like not figuring out some very basic stuff on their own um and it was ruining my life i was like always over at their house telling them how to turn on their damn machine well i think that's one thing that me and kevin i think uh have become partly successful on this is um, like we just started a new feed server and it would, it's like night and day on stuff that we've got going now. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, we talked about it for like six weeks now and we just got a starting like the start of this week. And we're like, what are we doing? We are so stupid for not doing this. We've wasted and, a lot of time on it. Yeah. And we're like, we should have done this. This is stupid. <laughs> Well, I think that's another indicator too. I've been in some very high level masterminds and, and so we create a solution sometimes in those masterminds where somebody says, here's the problem I'm trying to figure out. And then we create a solution. You come back 90 days later and the, and it hasn't been built yet. Um, it's, it's your body just saying it's not important enough for you to prioritize it, to get it done. And, and if you can kind of just listen to those things, you just, you got to be able to say no to a whole lot more than you say yes to. But there's something in the beginning that's like you don't have enough self-confidence or something. Um, and so you're just, you're just trying to make it work. And I get that. It's like we all – I think that's the thing is like we're all human. And I'm able to look at somebody and still have empathy for them that they're just trying to figure out the basics and not, not discount that, not say you're stupid because you can't figure that out. It's just like – how do you help guide someone from I'm, I'm struggling to figure out this very basic thing and how do I help guide them and help grow their, their really their, their wiring in their brain to start to think properly and, and thinking properly is, is about creating solutions to obstacles. And at some point, I think for a long time I was focused on the past. At some point my brain finally kicked over is after a lot of mindset work and hiring some some NLP guys and stuff. Um, but at some point, my brain finally kicked over and began thinking of solutions instead of obstacles all the time. I think that when, when you do make that transition, um, it really like changes the game for you. Mm. Because you're able to just like look forward. You're like, you never look at the past. You, so uh, people get really caught up on like one problem and then they focus on the problem, but they never like go around it and think outside of the box and go, I can fix it this way, this way, this way, this way. Yeah. Be done with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, yeah, and one, one of the simplest ways sometimes to fix it is to drop it. Just don't yeah. fix it. Just leave it alone. And just like, you know, like I, I did all these experiments back in 2010, like, um, what happens if I take this hundred emails and I just delete all of them? Like, don't respond, no nothing. And, and it would shock me. I was just, 
you know, it's, it's like thought experiments. Um, I was reading a lot of Tim Ferriss at the time and stuff. And it was, it was like, okay, what happens? Well, out of the hundred emails, there was like three people that actually emailed me back and said, Hey, did you get my email? And so I was like, it was mind blowing to me. Oh, there was 97. I didn't even need to respond to. And it made no difference in my life or their life. Um, we all get sick, you know, from time to time. We get a, a flu bug or something that knocks us out. And you ever have that where you're just like, you can't get out of bed. And so mm -hmm. you, you maybe you have three meetings that day and you just call all your meetings and say, hey, I'm sick. I need to reschedule. But people don't realize you could do that anytime you want. You could just kind of take a break. And that's like these high-end um, – like river rafters and stuff that that like professional river rafters if they get to a very dangerous section of the river they swim to the side they look at what they're going to do they've set a plan for it and they take a uh, like really a pause to make sure they don't die on the rapids and and that's sometimes what people need they need to be able to just take a break and let their brain process the information and when your business isn't working it's wildly uncomfortable to take a break and to recognize I need to take a break. Um, I, I had a ton of stuff this last week I wanted to get done. And my wife's like, hey, we gotta go see our new baby nephew. We're gonna go up here. I really wanted to work. Like I just have a lot on my plate right now, a lot of stuff I wanted to get done. Took a break, I had like four different breakthrough ideas because I took a freaking break. You know, I, I work very hard, but Sometimes I need to remind myself of these stories too and just take a break once in a while. You know, funny enough, me and Kevin did that too. I mean, we were doing like three podcasts a day, like two or three times a week. And so we took off December and January and we came back and we're like, we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it this way. And I mean, it's opened up everything. And then I changed shifts. And so then we changed a different way and we're like, why do we do it the way we did it when we first started? Cause that was stupid. We yeah. were, I mean, we were killing ourselves trying to do it and now we're doing it. And I mean, it's just so much smoother now. Yeah. And I think I, I did it. Uh, um, I, there was, I ran my own event uh, last March and it was the first time I'd run my own event where there's 50 people in the room and everybody flew into Arizona and, and all this stuff. And I didn't ask for specific advice and help from somebody who'd run a thousand events. I just said, it's my first event. I'm going to figure this out on my own. That was my last time of trying to do anything without asking for help because the event was fine. The event was great, but I barely broke even. I even lost money. Um, there was a whole bunch of hard learning lessons. Uh, I learned the wrong way. Um, I missed my first flight to get out there. And if I had just taken a day and said, let me find somebody that's already done this and get a roadmap or a guide or a mentor, I would have made profit <laughs> during the event. I would have, uh, I would have had a much more pleasurable experience, but it was, I'm, I'm grateful for that time because it was the, the last time I finally learned the lesson of, you know, if you guys are trying to monetize the podcast, Find somebody that's already monetized a podcast. If you're trying to like, and same thing for my podcast was um, I was like killing myself trying to produce two episodes a week and whatever. And I finally just restructured a couple of things. And it's like, oh, I get the same results I'm going for with the podcast on one tenth of the work 
And so now we do two podcasts a month and I show up and I talk to people and I don't do anything else. You know, I drop the, I drop the conversation recorded into a folder and everything else gets done for me. And so um, I'm grateful for those times that I've had to learn lessons the hard way. It just never, it's never fun, but, but stop trying to figure it out on your own. Just ask people for help. There's people out there that'll help you guys, you know? I think out of everything we've learned doing this podcast, that's the biggest thing that we've learned so far is everybody's willing to help, but it's the fear barrier that's making you not ask for it. It's, uh, you know, for me, I think, I don't think it was fear for me. I think it was, I think it was pride. I think it was, I don't want to look like an idiot or I, well, maybe it's fear, fear of not looking like an idiot, but I just never wanted to raise my hand and say I could use some help. I mean, I, that's, that was like my tipping point was in 2000. I don't even remember the year 16, maybe I asked for help. I just said, I'm, I'm in this section of my business. I have all this knowledge and all these skills and I've got a design team and whatever. For some reason, I still can't figure out how to position this thing and package it and, and maybe it's my copy, maybe it's my marketing. I couldn't figure it out. I was too close to, it's like, can't see the forest through the trees. Um, I, I saw one Facebook post uh, from a buddy of mine, Mitch Miller. And he said, at the end of this video, it was an hour and a half video. At the very end, he said, I'm still surprised that more people don't just ask for help when they're stuck. So I just said, I feel like I could use some help. Next thing I knew, he's messaging me behind the scenes and come over here, I'll help you. Um, and dramatically shifted everything for me in a very short, short amount of time. And I look back like that was stupid. All I had to do was ask for help. <laughs> that's, I think that's one thing that we have learned the, the easy and the hard way is we're, we're finally asking more and more help because like we get to a roadblock and we're like, Oh, we don't know how to do this. Let's find somebody who does. Yeah. And it, and what's the worst thing, right? What's the worst thing that can happen? Some people build things up way too big in their mind. But let's say, let's say you don't know how to do something, right? You don't know how to do something with the podcast or whatever. Let's say you reach out to 10 people and get nine no's. You know, you're not, you're not offending the nine people. That's just one little message they got that said, I'm stuck here. I'm fairly new to this. Could... Uh, could I pick your brain or could I get a little bit of help or would you mind sharing some of your wisdom and insights? This is what I'm trying to figure out. If nine people tell you no, because they're whatever they're busy or, or maybe they have a different model that they're operating with. You didn't like ruin that relationship for asking. You also, it didn't hurt you to hear no nine times. As long as you get the help you need, you know, I think too many people forget the basics of business. And, and one of the basics is that all business comes through other people. This is a relationship game. It's all a people game. All money comes from other people's bank accounts into yours for an exchange in value. And that's really it. So if you're too fearful to connect with other people, it, it's just never going to work. You got to crack that that whatever that is going on in your mindset, you got to crack that, that code first, because if you're not connecting with real human beings, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to start selling to, uh, to cars or selling to robots. 
I don't want to cut you guys short, but apparently my uh, kids are trying to kill each other, and one of them's bleeding. <laughs> I think that's, that's like oh. the most most unique, go. <laughs> most unique, awesome way to end a podcast. <laughs> you know, you know. Funny enough, I believe that because I know both of his kids very well. <laughs> now, you know, it's my pleasure, you guys. I, I think go take care of your kids, and and if people want to find me and and. Uh, get some help, you know, go to the makeovermaster.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and, and I'm just, I'm glad to help you guys. If you guys want to reach out to me after, after this and, and get any advice or just have a meeting, let's, let's do it. Absolutely. Awesome. That's great. Thank yeah. you again, Mike. Yeah. yeah thank, thank you, you guys. for letting us take some time from you. Yeah. Go, go take care of your kids so they don't kill themselves. <laughs> yeah.